a previously recorded Matt Slick show. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, how you doing out there? It's me, Matt Slick. Listen to Matt Slick Live. Hey, why don't you give me a call? We have five open lines, 877-207-2276. And the last four digits spell C-A-R-M on uh, the website, carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. Now, we had some good calls yesterday. They were interesting. I thought they were interesting calls. And hopefully we'll have some more interesting calls today. We'll just see how that goes. And if you're new to the show, uh, Christian Talk Show here, um, and uh, we answer Bible questions. You know, last night we had some people over at my house, and we discussed some things. And um, boy, it was an interesting discussion, about three hours. It's one of those things. That's what I like to do when I have a study, is uh, we start at a certain time, leave when you want. Don't feel you've got to stay. Just take off. Because usually conversations get kind of involved. And uh, we were there till 1030. Um, almost four, yeah, it was about four hours, and uh, just discussing. Nobody was upset, and you know it was great. And people, you know, I'll go, I'll leave later. One guy says, "I'm going to leave it." He says, "I was going to leave at eight and he called his wife, "I'm staying." So it was a lot of fun. We had a good time, and um, uh, so let me check 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 the audio right now. Forgot to get that going. Um. Anyway, like I said, give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll want to hear from you. Please give me a call. Five open lines, as is often the case during the beginning of the show. We don't have anybody calling, and at the end of the show, we have too many people, and uh, that's just how it works. So if you want to zip a line in right now, you can do that. All right. All right. Let's see. Um what can we talk about? We can talk about some of the issues that we talked about last night. One of them uh, was an interesting discussion that came up uh, regarding um, a salvation. One of the individuals was saying that uh, he thought that you had to be in a continual state of repentance in order to, to be saved. And uh, a lot of times when people say that, they don't understand what they're really intending to say. Uh, they don't haven't haven't really thought it out, and so we had a really interesting discussion for about an hour, going through scriptures. And what was really interesting, I thought, what I was so pleased with, is that some of them were uh, jumping in, some of the people jumping in, and politely uh, having discussion about, no, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, and I loved to hear that because uh, I've taught studies with some of the people in those studies. And they were saying the things I've taught them, and it's just—it's nice to hear um, to hear that. You know, that's how we do that. We learn, and and uh, we teach, and and we move forward that way. So uh, praise God, praise God, and praise God. All right, now uh, we'll get to the calls, but uh, we have four open lines. Why don't you give me a call? Eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Let's get to Shirlene from Utah. Shirlene, welcome. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. I have been reading about heaven in the plural. Yes. In Genesis mm-hmm. and in other parts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then 
Paul was caught up to the third heaven. Third heaven, yeah. What can you explain about these? Sure. Third heaven? Is there more than one? No. No. What it means is the, the way the Jews talked. They had the first, second, and third heaven. The first heaven is the earth and the atmosphere, things like that. Uh, so, uh, Will you repeat that, please? Yes, that the first heaven, they actually called it the first, the second, and the third. And the first heaven was uh, the area of the atmosphere and the clouds, where the birds fly, where the wind is. That's what they referred to as the first heaven. In the second heaven, it was outer space. It was where the planets and the stars are. And in the third heaven, in the Jewish uh, understanding, was a dwelling place of God. So that's all that it's talking about. It's not saying there's heavens like Mormons say there's heavens. You know, terrestrial, celestial, celestial. Right, right. Or, or, right. Yeah. yeah, that's wrong. They don't get that. And it's actually celestial, terrestrial, and, and celestial. And in the third heaven, uh, in Mormonism, the uh, the highest level, the third heaven, has three levels in it. And the highest in that is called the Church of the Firstborn. But at any rate, um, that's all that's going on. I have an article written on it, on Karm. What does the Bible refer to when it says third heaven? And uh, that's it. It's just uh, the first one where the rain is and the clouds. It says, he will shut the heavens so that it will not rain. And so that obviously is talking about where the, the heaven of the clouds. That's what it's talking about. Okay. And then another one is in the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun. See, in the heavens. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes a circuit to the other. So that's where there's planets. In Jeremiah 8.2, they will be exposed to the sun and the moon and all the stars of the heavens. So you go, oh, okay, so that's the other one. And then 1 Kings 8.27 says, but will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. And Deuteronomy 10.14, to the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. And uh, so that's talking about the highest heaven and stuff like that. But in uh, uh, it says in First Kings eight thirty, it says, "Then hear from heaven your dwelling place." And uh, that's what uh, the psalmist, or that's what he's talking about in Kings. Okay, you hear from heaven. Well, can God you dwells. tell me mm -hmm. which heaven the war in heaven was? The war. Um, well, uh, no. it's either. Well, we don't know. Um, because we know there's a spiritual realm and a dwelling place of God, but we do not know the extent of that. We do know that the angelic realm, in, according to Job, had to present themselves before God, and he dwells in the third heaven, so it looks like they had access to that level, God's area of indwelling. And when there was a, a rebellion of angels... They were probably in the presence of God and were cast down and out of his presence, so probably to the earth and or into the celestial realm. So we don't know exactly where the battle would be, but it would, you know, any war or difficulties. And, you know, we do know that, um, that there are angels on earth that killed people and uh, that we can have angels uh, in our presence that we're not even aware are angels. So angels can be here. And if they're bad angels, then uh, I can see them doing some conflict, as it talks about Michael was hindered um, and stuff like that. Uh, so 
That's what we think. Okay. Well, so on earth, as it is in heaven, we have wars here, too. Yes, we have wars. That's correct. Uh huh. Uh, but we don't. And there was a war in heaven. I thought, well, my oh my, all those. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there's a war in heaven. I don't think think that's really a biblical phrase. I'm not familiar with. I haven't studied this to know for sure. But uh, what's probably discussed there is just the um, when Satan rebelled and the third of the angels fell. So we don't know exactly what happened. People like to say things that just aren't in the Bible. And um, so if I do a search for war in the, yeah, it's I don't see it anywhere. In let's see, go to the entire Bible. There's a war in the camp in Exodus, um, but nothing that I, I'm familiar with that says uh, war in the heavens. So uh, always check to see even if the common things you've heard in church are in the Bible. A lot of what is taught in church is not in even in the Bible, unfortunately. Okay. Are you there? Hello. Hello. I guess we lost you, Shirlene. All right. We'll just move along then. Okay. Let's get to Jared from Arkansas. Jared, welcome. You are on the air. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing okay. Hanging in there. What do you got? Good, good. Hey, I'm a pastor down here locally, and, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, but uh, this critical race theory or... Uh, intersectionality stuff. Are you familiar with that yet? A little bit, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to see what your take in, on it is um, from a biblical standpoint with all the, the race riots and, you know, the racism that's, you know, supposedly going on here. I'm just really confused. And well, I've got several church it? members that okay, take, go ahead. They take different perspective on it, but I'm not really sure. I'm just confused on it, so I was kind of wanting to see what, what your thoughts were on it so far. Well, you know, social integration and how it's supposed to be, and then the issue of social justice and uh, things like that. You got a dog barking back there. Um, so uh, I actually started research on social justice uh, the day before yesterday, and it's going to take me weeks to complete it because I'm in the process of converting CARM from one format to another, and it takes me hours every day. So... Uh, what social justice is, what the intersectionality stuff is, um, is uh, potentially quite dangerous. As is often the case, the intention is good. So if we were to look in the dictionary online, for example, intersectionality, the interconnected nature of social organization, race, race class, gender as they apply to a given individual or group. Okay, well, that's what intersectionality is. So it's just the interblending of aspects of society. Well, along with this and uh, social justice stuff is the idea of equity between people. Well, okay, equity between people. Well, that's what we want as Christians. And, but unfortunately, as Christians, sometimes God ordains that we're to be poor. And uh, as Paul the Apostle uh, had a lot of financial issues, where Jesus didn't have the place to lay his head. Um, what intersectionality, what social justice is, is a secularized movement that presupposes certain moral values, which it cannot ground as being correct, and then imposes those on other areas. 
So it's it's a godless uh, system. It's creeping into some of the churches and denominations because, and I'll just say it quite honestly, because uh, a lot of pastors and elders can't think their way out of a wet paper bag and don't know what the Bible says about certain things because they're too busy <laughs> trying to get, well, it's true. There are too many are just trying to get numbers in the church. They think that, that that's what uh, blesses. If God gets numbers, then God's blessing you. That's, that doesn't mean anything. So, um, what and, and you know, critical race theory, all this stuff, the social justice, the BLM debacle, which BLM to me stands for uh, burn, loot, and murder. It's a Marxist organization that is uh, who seeks to destroy the nuclear family, and it does. And they say so on its on its own website. And the founder, one of the founders, is um, part, approves of the Breathe Act, which is a Marxist document. So here's the thing: Karl Marx, who was into um, the occult and uh, Satanism uh, to a, a mild degree, uh, he would go around uh, reciting. Uh, poems that were demonic in their in their, their themes well uh, he is the one who got the idea of the equality of all people and that it needs to be forced upon society and that the lower class needs to rise up and make demands on the upper class well what this does is it causes uh, dissension it causes problems it causes oppression and when they get in power then the government then imposes its values on others. And if you don't have God-established powers and rights, then it's by the government. The government gives, the government takes away. The government becomes your God in a large sense. Hold on, we got more to talk about after this break. Please stay tuned, folks. Be right back, 877-207-2276. Give me a call. Be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, Jared, welcome back. You still there? Yes, sir, I am. Okay, so you asked a little bit about critical race theory, and um, so I did a little bit of research and wrote some more notes. I'm in my area on the website, which I haven't released yet On uh, as I click notes, Um it's the view that there's inherent racism in all aspects of society, in all the, basically right. the legal and social institutions. And uh, the problem is that that the racism is basically due to whites being white. And this is the problem. It's the whites are, are racist, but the blacks really aren't that racist. You know, they can be, but it's not, not really. It's, it's endemic in, in whiteness and white problems. And so... This, all of this blends together for the reconstruction of society. But in order to reconstruct society, it's not done internally through the gospel and the changing of hearts, but it's done through, um, it's done through uh, social cha- forced social change, riots, marching, uh, mayhem, uh, things like this, with the intent to force laws to change, procedures to change for the redistribution of wealth and opportunity. And so what happens is that the people who are in power, so to speak, in power, perceived to be in power, whoever they are, uh, are the ones who can either become an oligarchy and then they divvy out what's right and wrong to the people below them. And uh, 
the pervasive group that's accused of being racist, uh, the white in, in our country, uh, are the ones who then will have to pay and be essentially punished. And so what this does is it destroys an economy, it destroys a society, and it causes more racism. It causes it. And uh, yeah. I know that even with my own self, uh, that seeing all this, this stuff has a, an adverse effect on me. When I see it on, t- on TV, seeing people walk up behind another person with a brick and hit them over the head and laugh. Where um, uh, blacks and whites, with uh, I think it was BLM and Tifa, uh, somebody shot a guy who was wearing a you know wearing a MAGA hat. I think it was. It doesn't matter. Killed him. Yeah. And the people are laughing and applauding. And you know they want they want racism to be done away with. They want equality for all. And yet they're murderers. So BLM Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter to me is burn loot murder. Yeah, and I'm saying it publicly because I know what BLM stands for. And I'm I'm against racism. Yeah. You know, I'm against racism. I, you know, I've got daughters. If they what? want to marry black guys, I don't care. The Chinese guys, I don't care. It doesn't matter. As long as they're Christians, that's all I care about. So it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But the thing is that uh, what they're doing is bringing about the opposite of what they want. It's like the law. The law is interesting. The law and the gospel. A lot of people don't know this. But the law is perfect. The law is good. But the law brings about the opposite of what it requires. requires perfection and shows you your imperfection. will give you life if you obey it, but it will kill you if you don't. So the law is good because it comes from God, but in our ability and hearts, we're not able to do it, so therefore we fail. So the law becomes a difficult taskmaster. Taskmaster? Taskmaster. And it, uh, it kills us. It becomes oppressive. And this is the same thing that's happening here with the social justice movement. It's creeping into the church. And because the people in the church are uneducated, biblically, theologically, rationally, logically, historically, they don't know what to do. And so they think that social justice is something that we ought to be working at as a primary Christian thing instead of preaching the gospel. It's the gospel that changes the heart, that then moves the hand. But in social justice, they want to have external laws that control the hand. And then they complain when you do what they accuse you of. And what they accuse you of is whatever they want to accuse you of. And there's something that's really important, like stupid Nancy Pelosi, jerk woman. Oh, she makes me so mad. She is. She actually has told people how to do what amounts to Gestapo tactics in um, in uh, false news reports and how to get people. It's right out of uh, Linsky's uh, Rules for Radicals, and she's following this. And she uh, she's in in the elitist group, and she goes to that salon and doesn't wear a mask and has all these privileges. And then she uh, when. The, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but then the, the lady who owned the, the, the uh, salon was upset about this. Why is she wearing a mask? She requires it for everybody else, but she won't even do it herself. And uh, <laughs> you know, if she can come in and do this, uh, the, the salon owner said, if she can come in without a mask, why can't others come in without a mask? And why are we having the business closed? But she, you know, that's right. And so, what does Pelosi do? Six her lawyers on them, saying that she set the, the salon owner set her up. Now she's accusing. You know, so this is this is what happens when you have people in, in the so-called social justice. They become incredibly arrogant. 
because they think they know what is right and they're going to enforce it on everybody else and their hypocrisy is usually hidden in the shadows but when the light shines on it it's quite obvious and the news media i just i'm just complaining here but the news media is part and parcel to the to the um deception that's occurring uh, in the media along with facebook yeah, i and agree and, and i tell you Google. it's it's been um already you know one of the things that i said when this first started to come to light was to my church on sunday which i have a lot of young people mm-hmm. and uh i said you know that the key factor here is to know that racism is evil but the only way to combat racism is the gospel of Jesus Christ, Amen. not not legislation. And uh, it was the very next day that there was a snippet of one of my favorite preachers, uh, Matt Chandler, came out and said that anybody who says that is a hypocrite because we don't do that with abortion, you know, and pretty much saying that, I mean, a lot of people would say he's woke, you know, but I mean, I don't want to be one of these guys that inflames things, but then again, it's like, man... This is going to be tough, especially in election year, on, on how to preach against these things in love for the people that, that I'm called the shepherd. But, man, it, it is so divisive right now because I'm Southern Baptist, and in the Southern Baptist Convention, it is it is cancerous and toxic right now. That The division yes, over this is, is crazy. Well, I wish they would have me come in and speak. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I would I, love that. I yeah. really would. Because I would say it like it is, and I would call the pastorates there to repentance. And uh, uh, you know, maybe it's my gifting I have in the body of Christ because of my Asperger's. Uh, I don't care what you guys think. I care what God says, and you need to repent and get in line with what he says. And if you don't want to do it, lay down your pastorate and go outside and, and wash cars. Let someone who cares about the Word of God take care of it and do it right. And don't preach to please yeah. the people. Preach to please God. Preach to thin the church out. And preach to the elect of God, called by God. Because a church pastor is supposed to be able to preach and equip the Christians for the work of ministry. Not babysit them with diaperinian theology that says, hey, it's all up to you and your wisdom and your, and your unbelief to be able to pick and choose God. And your wisdom and all this idiocy. That's, oh, there's so much heresy in the Christian church that people don't even know exists. And uh, Right. Yeah, I mean, seriously, there's heresies um, in the Christian church today, in most Christian churches, because they're man-centered, humanistic philosophies that have crept in. They're not submitting themselves to the Word of God. But I can go on and I can complain mm-hmm. about that all I want. Social justice is, is a real problem, and we are not to participate in social justice stuff for the most part. as a broad scope, so you be careful how we say that, but uh, we need to preach the gospel first. That's what we need to be do- doing. Excuse me. All right, buddy. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right, man. God bless. All right. That was Jared from Arkansas. Hey, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, welcome back to the show. Now, I'm wondering if I hung up on the wrong guy because I don't know if I think I did, because this is also about critical race theory. John, are you there? Yeah, I can hear. John from Virginia. Yes, that's me. How you doing? Okay. All right. See you later. Love you, Pop. I'm sorry, I was just on the phone. I was talking to my uh, my, uh, my father-in-law. That's <laughs> okay. Hello? Good. Yes. <laughs> so what do you got, man? I want to say, um, uh, the, 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 the pastor guy was talking about that, 
that, uh, that stuff is creeping into the church. And you got the guy who does a Southern Baptist conference. He is into that critical race theory. You know, I, I can't remember his name, but one of my friends was telling me about it. He was saying, this guy into that critical race theory. And what that does, that just, that does, it does the white privilege thing. And all that does is just make other races hate whites, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's disgusting because you see, like, uh, you see people, like, the, the guy got shot up in um, uh, Portland up there, and then you had the kid who killed two people in Kenosha, but the kid in Kenosha was only doing self-defense. They went out and wanted to murder somebody, you know? And uh, yep. it, it just, it, it hurts me when I see people in churches like this, you know, and the social justice warriors, they call them, and, you're, and they are ignorant, and they won't listen to you. You try and talk to them, and they're like, turn the music up or do something else stupid, you know? Well, you know, what you, what I would do at that point, I'd say, excuse me, um, what color uh, Kool-Aid are you drinking? And uh, see if yeah. I understand what that, that's a reference to. Yeah, we're, our country's in, a, in, in dire straits. And, yeah. uh, I think and they say that God don't, uh, uh, I just call Christians, and I don't know if we believe in that. I'm, I'm voting for Donald Trump. He, he doesn't like uh, the abortion stuff he despises it you know and 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 to me he's a good man i got some of my friends with democrats are turning to him but then some of my other friends are like totally against him you know and that, that's why he's against me you ever like put on fox news well, for a few you, minutes do you have a do you have a question what do you have a question though oh yeah yeah i want to ask you uh i was reading the bible in second thessalonians where it says uh don't be deceived he goes uh we will not know that day until the uh doesn't say rebellion uh, I think it says until the rebellion comes first, and then you'll see the man of sin. Apostasy. And I'm kind of wondering, uh, is this the beginning of it? Because I believe Apost we are in the last days. We're well, heading right through well, well, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We can jump in here. Uh, it, what it actually says in Second Thessalonians uh, two three: Let no one deceive yeah. you. It will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And the yeah, apostasy, and I believe that's happening now. The, yeah, the apostasy means that the Christian church has to fall away from the truth. And it is occurring. Yeah. And this is something I've been uh -huh. saying on the radio. I've been on radio for 15 years, five days a week. And I'll just tell you that I've said it countless times that the Christian church is moving towards apostasy because uh, it has yeah. a lot of heresies it's teaching in the Christian church. And uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll compile a list of some of the heresies and talk about them over the radio. And Yeah, uh, definitely. Because I'll lose a lot of listeners because they believe a lot of heresies. Um, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, the Word of God has everything we need. And the Christians are to trust the Word of God. And if they don't, yeah. and they submit it to their own ideology, then they're doing what Eve did when she modified the Word of God in Genesis 3. And uh, we yeah. don't want to do that. We want to submit to the Word of God. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. Well, thank you. God bless and pray for me. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, well, yeah. All right. Uh, we all need prayer, but thanks. Okay. Thank you. God bless. Uh, okay. God bless. All right, folks. We have uh, four open lines. If you want to give me a call, eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Why don't you give me a call? Let's uh, get to Rob from Florida. Rob, welcome. You're on the air. Rob. Good evening, Matt. How are you? I'm all right. Hanging in there. What do you got, man? Uh, your views on cessationism. Cessationism. I am a uh, continuationist. I believe all the charismatic... Basically, the miracles have stopped. Sorry. 
Right, that's cessationism. I'm a continuationist. I believe that all of the charismatic gifts are for the church as a whole today. That doesn't mean, though, that I mean, or that I believe that somebody goes into church and starts speaking in tongues, and that it's just simply okay, that everybody can do it all the time. I don't buy that. Um, I believe that God can utter prophecies today through people, um, and words of knowledge and wisdom and tongues. I believe all that can happen. Okay. Okay, so it's normative, though. a question because that's your uh, that's your belief and that's fine. Right. So my question is, have, do you believe you've seen those miracles since you know you've been around? I, I'm just asking yes. because you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. That's good enough for me. If you say it, I believe it, brother. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can only tell you what my experiences have been, and um, I prophesied once the only time in my entire life where I just flat out prophesied and um, and I can tell you the details if you want and it came true and another time I had uh, a I don't know what to call it a word of knowledge about someone and um, uh, my roommate who was there with me at the time uh, said he saw physically moving between my mouth and the in the mind or head of the face of the other person he saw what were looked like waves of heat. You know, when you see a mirage on the on the ground, you know, at a distance, that little wave thing. He said it looked like that. And I'm like, really? That's what he told me. He said, oh, okay. okay, if that's what you say. And I have to reboot my uh, Combrex stack just now. Quit. So let me get that back in there. But um, no, I've always been on the fence about it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. What does the scripture say? And that's the issue. So uh, the Bible says, for example, in 1 Corinthians 1, 7, it says that we're not to lack any charisma, any charismatic gift, while we're waiting for the return of Christ. And that's 1 Corinthians 1, 7. Uh, um, okay, hold on a sec. I'm having a slight problem with my uh, video, so hold on. I'm going to see if I can get it with another uh, at the talk here, because the producer will be listening. And... Um, and I can't get it to I'm going to close all this down let's see, close this down and try back in get this way going uh, and then we'll talk about it because I've got to be able to hang up on people and, and answer people and things like that so I'll get the, the Comrex to go Right. and that's what I have to do so let's see if it's going to work well I'll be honest with you I'm satisfied with what you say I trust you bro well I'm glad you do um, but I'm always suspicious when someone so easily trusts the guy with the last name Slick and uh, okay, Comrex is working now. So I've been uh, listening to you for a while. So okay, <laughs> well, okay. So that's good. Um, but I've written a lot about this topic. It's it's a very dear topic to me, and I would be glad to debate someone on it publicly. And I already have. I, there's a debate between myself and uh, I forgot who it was out in Texas. I had a debate a few years ago on the charismatic gifts. But uh, in First Corinthians eleven twenty uh, Romans eleven twenty nine, it says the gifts, the charisma, and the calling of God are irrevocable. And that's really interesting. The charismatic gifts are irrevocable. That's what it says. And also in Romans 6.23, it says uh, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. The gift there is the word charisma in the Greek. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it, the Spirit still works. I don't believe in the wacko stuff, though. Amen. But uh, the Spirit of God still works. Okay. Right, right. Now I'm with you. That everybody, you have to have tongues to be saved and blah, blah, blah. Right, you don't need to speak in tongues to be saved or get baptized to be saved or take sacraments to be saved or anything to be saved other than believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible says, Romans uh, right. Acts 
16. Okay, right. real quick. Real yeah, go quick, ahead. This is just a step second mm-hmm. question, but you were talking about social justice, and I've been standing in an abortion clinic for 10 years. So you don't really? think that's wrong, do you, to try to save babies? Okay, you because kidding? you were talking about maybe. Go for it. Uh, maybe I misunderstood. No, go for okay. it. Oh, no, no. But I need to, to be able to exactly. talk more about the I'm, social justice thing because we have no callers waiting. Maybe we can talk about it. I'm not saying we shouldn't do stuff where we uh, defend biblical things, like defending babies being uh, born without right. being killed in the womb. We should defend that. We should stand and march in opposition to racism. We should march with people against that. This is all good stuff because it's biblically based. That's not a problem. But... Uh, when we think that the solution of our problems is marching and rioting and complaining and whining, no. The solution excuse me, the solution yeah. as Christians is the gospel preached and the changing of hearts. But we can yeah. join with people uh doing what's right. And so I need to write about this and be more clear about it. That's what I need to do. Well I, I, I thought that that's what you meant, but I just wanted to yeah. make sure. So thank yeah. you. I'm glad you did because sometimes I'll say something and I'm not very clear. And people got to call me on it, and that's good. So good for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, God bless you, Matt. You're awesome, and I love I love coming out of an evangelism um, session and hearing you speak. And gosh, it makes my whole night, brother. Well, you must be desperate. I'll tell you that that's got to be it. Because uh, <laughs> you know, no, the word of God never makes. Well, the word of God makes a man desperate, right? Yeah, it makes me desperate for my Lord all the time. I need him so much. Oh, sheesh. Amen. We both yeah. do, brother. Amen. That's right. That's right. To convince the whole world. That's right. That's what I'm trying to do. One, one person at a time. Okay, Rob, there Thanks, you go, buddy. Man. All right. God, God bless you. Thanks. Okay. Bye. All right. That's Rob from Florida. Folks, you have four open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. I want you to give me a call. Please do. Be right back. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the last segment of the show. Let's get to Jason from Arkansas. Welcome, you're on the air. Hey. Hey. Hey, I just want to ask you something about the baptism. and I know your point of view, but I'm not really sure why do you feel baptism is a work whenever God commands us to do it. Man looks at his work, but God looks at his obedience. So, I mean, you know, it's not a work whenever God does it, the work for you whenever you come up to that water. Oh, well. And, you know, the Spirit doesn't come to hold the water. Hold on a sec, hold on a sec, hold on. Hey, 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 I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, it's not your radio show. Um, so, let nope, me ask, can you, can you define... Go ahead. Can you def- thank you. Can you define what it means to do a work? Well, the work is if a man baptizes somebody and the spirit comes out of that man and goes can to you, another man, you, that would be a work. Excuse, excuse me. Can you define to me what a work is? Define it. What does it mean to? Well, to I'm, I'm, a, I'm a obeying, so I'm I'm obeying. I'm not doing a work. Okay. So you don't know what a work is. Well, work would be something that doesn't get us into heaven. Okay, you're not listening to me. Okay, I'm asking you to define your terms. You say it's not a work. We'll define what a work is. 
Because if you don't, uh, if you can't define your terms, work. you can't say what you're saying. Well, I'm not here to define the law. God is. Whenever okay, God defines me. the law, whenever excuse he is baptized, he's Excuse he me, excuse me, excuse me. I don't want you to teach your heresy. And I'm asking you questions, and you're ignoring my questions. This is the basics. What is a work? You said baptism is not a work. Define work. If you cannot define work, you cannot say baptism is not a work. If you don't know what a work is, you don't. You can't say what baptism is or is not regarding work. Define what it means to do a work. I don't know, because it's not a work. Though. Okay. That's the, that's what wait, we're wait, 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 wait. You can't say you don't know what a work is and say baptism is not a work. You can't do that if you don't know what a work is. Okay, you tell me then. So you don't know. Good. A work is something that we do through mental or physical effort to accomplish something. Okay? So when you go to work, you do a job. When I clean my garage, I'm doing a work. Work, by definition, takes time and effort to accomplish something. Does a baptism take time and effort to be accomplished? Uh, I, I suppose so. I mean, we, okay. we abide in His will. Then, then that means then, then then that means that you're you're defining baptism as a work. Oh, I'm I'm not the definer though. Are you are you the authority to tell me what what the law is? You just the law defines as God defines Jason, it, not by how, Jason, how man defines it. Jason, we define yes, sir. We define what the word work was. You, you asked me. I told you what it was, and then that's you not agree. your opinion, though. <laughs> Actually, That's your opinion. Was, the law is by God. Excuse God's me. the finer of the law. Jason. He done it by righteousness Jason, is what he says when he's Jason, baptized. Jason. Yes, sir. Jason. You need to uh, stop trying to preach, and we need to have a dialogue. Okay. You know what happened when he was baptized? What happened? He received the Spirit of God, descended and remained upon him. So basically what he's doing is teaching us how to do it, how to receive the Spirit of God. Do you so not that, understand that, what, what takes place? Why okay. did he receive the Spirit of God when he was hey, baptized? Jason, Jason. Why did John Jason, see it? Jason, Jason. Yes, sir. Yes, Jason. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please don't. Okay, I'll tell you what. We're just going to move along. Um, I was trying to be polite with him, trying to uh, to work with him. But if he's going to be rude, condescending like that, well, then we won't have a conversation with him. Um, but that's just how it goes, Mark. I mean, uh, uh, Jason. You don't understand what baptism is about. You don't understand what works are. And you don't give me enough time to dialogue with you to actually get someplace. Because all you want to do is preach. And you're unteachable. And that's a problem. Let's get to Mark from North Carolina. Mark, welcome. You are on the air. Oh, hey. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. What do you got, man? All right. Well, something's been weighing very heavy on my heart. And... Okay. Uh, it's with the Methodist Conference. Um, I've been uh, baptized Methodist. Been going to a Methodist church for years now. Can I you know, and ask a question? The strife that's coming. Is yes, it sir. United Methodist or what kind of Methodist denomination? Yes. United, United Methodist. Methodist. Okay, thanks. Go ahead. Sorry about that. That's cool. And the United Methodist branch or let's say the world united methodist conference is going to break off from the u.s i should say the u.s is going to break off from the world um what is your take on that um with the separation from the u.s 
I don't know because I don't know what the issues are that they want to separate with but I do know this about the United Methodist Church and I'm not trying to be mean or anything but I would never send anybody to the United Methodist Church it's so liberal that uh, it's just I don't even know if they have the true gospel seriously and that was and that was what I wanted to say without saying and I appreciate you saying it is because it does seem like it has gone completely liberal yeah and the problem that I have with it is is that if you if you go off of scripture uh, marriage is between a man and a woman right um, and I know that is one of the things that they want to move past for the United Methodist Conference of the U.S. So what they and want that to just, do? It, it doesn't bode well because uh, what, what are they saying? They saying they they want to approve homosexual marriage or disapprove? They don't want to. Yes, I guess is what it is. Yes, they with want which? to approve homosexual marriages. And want, wait, wait, wait! They do want that? to approve. It. They want to approve it, not disapprove it. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's correct. That, that they want to approve would, it, and they also would want to have. Okay. Sorry. That that denomination, if they want to approve it, would be apostate, a false church. This would be false. Okay. And the reason is, is because the <clears throat> elders, a pastor is an elder, by definition. First Timothy five seventeen eighteen talks about this. Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, Titus, uh, I think it's Titus, well, Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3, talks about the requirements of an elder, and the elder's requirements, one of them is to be able to teach doctrine, sound doctrine, refute error. Homosexuality is a sin, and it goes against the created order, and if they can't tell the difference, then the pastors and elders are apostate, not doing the job of, of the minister, and so the denomination would be a false denomination and a false church, and should be abandoned and condemned for the false church that it is preaching a false gospel. Simple. Okay. And that would be one of the reasons why I have pulled away from that. Good. I do know, however... Okay, well, I just wanted to... I was going to say, I do know that there are real Christian ministers in the United Methodist denomination, and they're staying on in order to try and be a witness. But there are very few. (laughs) But the United Methodist Church is, is so liberal. It is basically pagan in a lot of ways sorry but it is and that would you know i'm just worried about it going from one one point of that to then are they going to say that it's okay for abortions to happen and are they going to go to the next route and the next route well sure um, why not? to where it just becomes yeah. a skeleton of what it once was of course what happens historically in my research 80 percent of the denominations that adopt women pastors and elders 80% within two generations adopt uh, pro-homosexual positions. And from there, it's just a matter of, of saying, yeah, let's, let's kill the life in the womb because it's a, up to the mom. And it's her body, which is illogical and makes no sense. But, um, yeah, it's just a form of apostasy. The United pa- Apostolic uh, is apostate. The United Methodist is apostate. United Pentecostal is apostate. And I'm Presbyterian. And the United Presbyterian is apostate. You know, there's lots of denominations and subdenominations, but um, yeah. And it seems like that's the way everything is going. It's yeah, it's frustrating when you are. I can't say I'm ultra conservative, but I'm I'm definitely not a moderate conservative. <laughs> well, if that makes you know, sense. If you listen to me, and you've been listening for a while, then um, 
you're either doing it because you hate my guts and I make you mad, or you kind of agree with a lot of what I'm saying, which means you'd be on the conservative side, the biblical side. So hopefully that's true. The case. Uh, yes, and, and I agree with a lot of what you say. No, I don't hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Good. I appreciate that. I no, I enjoy it for the short time that I get to listen. Okay. But, well, uh, yeah, that was it. I just wanted to grab your opinion on that and what your thoughts were. Um, yeah. I mean, there's other underlying factors, I'm sure, um, but it's been held off for this year because of COVID. It's going into next year that they're going to be voting on this. And Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, you'll just so. watch them go. They're <laughs> going to go south. They're going to go apostate. The only thing that can save them is a resurgence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then them actually doing something new. If, if, I wish they would have me come in and speak, and I would call them all to repentance to believe the word of God. I'd have to have bodyguards make sure they didn't you know, hurt me physically. But uh, I would right. call them to repentance, and I'd say, women, pastors, and elders, or you're out of place. You need to leave uh, now. Men, if you're not doing your job, uh, and calling women out, uh, not be, and condemning their being women, pastors, and elders, then you are disqualified from the elders. From eldership, go sit in the congregation of a good church and learn what it means to be a Christian. Oh yeah, that would upset people, but I would say it. That's what needs to be said. <laughs> well, you've got guts then, if you would say it, and I, I appreciate that very much, and I would stand behind you on that. Yeah, yeah. You, and then you'd be sitting in front of me while we're both running away, because you, you know, behind me, you turn around, we both run. Yeah, possibly. Yes, that's what thought about. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I would say <laughs> it needs to be said. Okay, buddy. All right. God Thank bless, you man. so much. All right. God bless. All right. A- Oops. Sorry, cut him off there. Sorry about that. Have a good day, too. Let's get to Rose from Iowa. Rose. We lost Rose. Let's get to next longest waiting person is Lee from Charlotte, North Carolina. Lee, welcome. You're on the air. Yes. Hello. Hi. I need your help. Okay. Should, Christ- should Christians of today keep the new moon and all the other festivals in the Bible? days to please God and to be saved. Do we have to do all these things again? No. Because I've been in church for years and we do do this. No, we don't keep any festivals to be saved. We don't do anything to be saved. We just believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to. That's right. We don't keep our salvation by our goodness or rituals or festivals or law keeping. That's a false doctrine taught by cults. Oh, well, I sure appreciate it because I've been thinking, you know, whether it's right or wrong, even though I've been doing it for 50-some years. Well, you can do it. You can do it all you want. That's fine. If you're doing it because you want to do it, because you like doing it, then good. If you're doing it to keep yourself saved, then it's bad. Okay. Okay. So God won't put me in hell because I don't keep those feet. Right. You don't, you don't have to keep those. You don't have to do it. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Okay, read Romans 14. Okay, read Romans 14. See what the Bible says about this stuff, okay? Okay, thank you very much. All right, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, let's get to Kevin from Washington, D.C., which you lost, Kevin. And last one here is Tom from Des Moines. And we love Lord, they're dropping like flies. That's because the show's about over. Hey, three in a row we lost. That's all right. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, this is what we do. This is what we do for the newbies. Um, so, by God's grace, we'll back on there tomorrow. If you have a question, if you have a comment, you want to call up, you know, please do that. If you can, think about calling in the first part of the show because it's the last part that gets really busy. May the Lord bless you, and by His incredible grace, hopefully, 
We'll be back on here tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. We'll see you. God bless everybody. Bye.